Inspired by the C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity, this podcast is about why I believe what I believe. Welcome to Bear Christianity. Well, after a two-episode tangent, we are back at it with the Days of Creation. So today we'll cover Day 3B, is what I'm calling it, 3B of creation. Now, uh, also, before we get going, my daughters love to come up here and to sing in my microphone and, and pretend like they're re- recording artists. And so the rule of the house is, great, go for it, blast away at the microphone, but do not touch my buttons and my knobs. And so when I got up here today, uh, some of my knobs were all twisted and turned, and so I don't know if I have all my settings back to the way I had them. So hopefully this is the, the audio is coming across clear today, and um, and we'll see how this goes. Obviously, I checked it before I hit record, and I think we're set, but hopefully it it sounds good in your car or in your earbuds, wherever. Now, uh, to connect with me, if if the audio is awful, (laughs) or if you have any other questions, you can email me, bearchristianity at gmail.com. Also, I'm on Instagram at TheRealBearMartin, and then I'm on Twitter at Bear4Christos. Now, for A Bear in the Woods, this is a, a part of the show where I just talk about a random topic. Campaign season is over, and we do not have to watch those uh, commercials anymore for the, the candidates. Wow, what a terrible time of of year or you know every couple of years when this comes around it is just awful i don't i don't know how any of these people any of these candidates can even lay their head down and go to sleep at night they're all horrible i've been watching these commercials and they're all despicable they're terrible they never pay taxes they're just all awful people so if you run for any kind of office you're horrible anyway um, no, I'm just obviously I'm just kidding. And the the negative campaign ads drive me insane. And, and evidently, they work. I mean, you know, people that run political campaigns are intelligent people, and so they wouldn't do them if they didn't work. I guess subconsciously they have some effect on our minds and uh, whatever. But um, but yeah, I, I just I don't know anybody who likes them. And when I have patients come in the office, I'm like, hey, you know, what you been up to lately? And it's amazing how many of them go, whew, I'm just glad campaign season's over so I don't have to see those all those commercials on TV. But the good thing is we're, we're through this, and so we should be fine. I don't think there's going to be that many negative campaign ads for the presidential election in two years. So we should be good. Okay, day 3B is found in Genesis 1, verses 11 through 13. So let me read that. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. So until now, in days 1, 2, and 3a, God has basically been separating things. So in day 1, he separates light from dark. In day 2, the waters below from the waters above, he separates those by way of the firmament. In day 3a, he separates the earth, or the dry land, from the sea. Now, notice here, you know, if we compare this 
In day 3b, God says, let the earth sprout or bring forth vegetation. This is a little bit different than God just saying, let there be light. God says, let the earth sprout vegetation. So what's going on here is this is a this is a natural process that God is allowing to happen. The the earth is literally the 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 plants and trees are sprouting from the earth and growing up. And so there's a a natural process to that, yet at the same time, it's miraculous because God is the one just making this happen. I've already gone over why I believe these are literal 24-hour days, and so this would have been a a very accelerated process for most plants and trees, things like that. And so I believe God is, is growing these because they each have seed which will all these plants and trees are going to reproduce themselves according to their own kind. So from a, in a natural way, you, we can watch a bean grow. You know, in kindergarten, you can plant a little bean in there, water it, and, and it's, it's very simple, and we can, we can see that happen. Um, but at the same time, think about how simple that is. I mean, we do it in kindergarten where you plant the bean and, and watch it grow, put it near the window, and every, you know, everybody's bean grows. It's it's very simple experiment, but think about how complicated that is. Are we to believe that that process just randomly, without anything or anyone ever trying to make it happen, it just randomly happened? I don't care if you give it billions of years; it it still does not make sense that that just random that 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 a, a bean would develop. And that bean would would grow and then make a seed and then you can it, and reproduce itself. It just doesn't make sense. And so again, I think the creation narrative here is it, it's constantly contrary to evolution. And so I know that there's there's two basic. I'm I'm putting it in two basic categories. Some evolutionists. Uh, don't believe in God. They nothing supernatural, nothing spiritual, just naturalistic. You know, evolutionist. Obviously, the Bible contradicts that form of belief, and that's hinted at with the these trees and plants reproducing according to their kind. So, you know, yes, micro evolution does take place, but I completely reject macro evolution. Now, some evolutionists are theistic evolutionists. They believe God you know, sort of is behind the evolutionary process. Now, if you have a belief in some sort of vague creator deity out there who started the evolutionary process, then that's fine. But it cannot be the God who gave us the Bible, because later on we're going to find out that, well, right now we find out that plants and trees produce according to their kind, Later on, we're going to find out that this applies also to the sea creatures, the birds of the air, and the beast of the field, the land animals. They, they reproduce according to their kind. Now, man did not come from these land animals or anything else. Man is made by God from the dust. So you cannot hold to the Bible and also hold to evolution unless you completely reinterpret what's going on in Genesis. So we can study nature all we want, 
And that's great. And I and I believe God actually wants us to do that. To we we are supposed to take dominion over the earth. We we study, we we um we plant plants in a way that makes them grow better. All of that is godly activity. That's what Adam and Eve were supposed to do to cultivate the garden, to have dominion over the earth. And so those are all great things, but at the same time, we have to realize that it is God who not just He's God's not the like the clockmaker who makes the clock, winds it up, and then leaves creation, just steps back. That's deism. The God of the Bible is is actively holding all things together. And so in Psalm 104, verse 14, first off, the, the whole psalm is is praising God for his creative acts. But in verse 14, it says, You, talking about God, you, God, cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth. Now here, it says, you cause, and and just in case this isn't coming across clear by audio, it's cause is C-A-U-S-E. There is not a D, D as in delta. There's not a D at the end of that, as if God caused the grass to grow that initial time and then just sort of steps back. No, in in every English translation I looked up, and and a, and I I don't know Hebrew, and so all I can do is look at all the English translations and see how they translate it. Not a single one of them translated this word in the past tense. Rather, it, it's it implies that God is actively still the one causing the grass to grow for the livestock and the plants for man to cultivate. So God is still behind this. He caused it on day 3B, but he's still the one causing things to grow. And just like the initial one where you have this the natural process of the, the earth sprouting vegetation or bringing forth these plants and trees— there's natural ways that God is growing things. He He's in control of the weather, so he sends rain and sun, and all of that grows the plants. But at the same time, it's by his very word that things grow. And so I don't care how much attention you pay to your garden at the end of the day, when you pluck that tomato, you better be thanking God that that it was able to grow because he's the one behind it all. Everything comes from him, and so he deserves the praise for all of it. Now, next week, we're going to cover day four in creation. But before we leave, I want to give you something to just think about. Just let your mind ponder on this concept, okay? God is the ultimate cause of plant growth and tree growth, okay? But biblically, plants and trees are sometimes symbolic for spiritual health. And so I I first got on this topic by listening to a series on Genesis by a guy named James Jordan. So I have an app I've mentioned before. It's called Canon Plus. So Canon and then the plus sign. And so it's a it's a great app. There's lots of content on there, Christian content, lectures of all kinds. And James Jordan is <laughs> he is a character. I mean, he is a unique a unique guy. Um, he he makes some connections in scripture that will just blow your mind. And you, so one second you're thinking, that is unbelievable. I have never heard that before in my life. And that makes perfect sense with the Bible. 
but he also will will try to make other connections that I just I don't see it. I think it's kind of a stretch that he's making, and I, I just you know don't find it consistent. Um, but you know he's a he's a faithful Christian man. I I have um I, I heard a lecture for about how he interprets the Bible, and basically he has such a high view of Scripture. He believes obviously that God meant for every word to be there that's there. And so, therefore, he feels like he has the freedom to look for and make all of these connections. And so, uh, if you've never listened to James Jordan before, consider checking him out. But just be aware that uh, I'm not like, oh, man, you know, everything he says is absolutely, um, you know, amazing. But he's a great one to sort of push you to think. He will start making some connections in Scripture, and it's really, really interesting stuff. Anyway, check out James Jordan. But biblically, plants and trees are sometimes symbolic for spiritual health, okay? So on day three, God made the earth to produce good plants and good fruit trees. Now, after Adam and Eve sinned, the curse on Adam is found in Genesis 3, 17 and 18 are the, the verses I want to read, and actually just a, a part of that verse. So God is, is explaining to Adam what the, the curse will be for his sin. He says, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Now, eventually, the Son of God would have a crown of those same thorns placed on his head. He would be crucified for the sin of Adam, Eve, and all those who placed their faith in him for the forgiveness of their sins. Now, man's religion, like the cursed ground, no matter how hard man works, because he is a sinner, that ground is cursed. And so man's religion, like cursed ground, will always produce thorns and thistles, only God produces good plants and good trees. The Holy Spirit is the one who changes your heart, cultivating the soil for the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A good tree produces good fruit according to its kind. And so we can think about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we should never boast in our own salvation because without God's mercy, we we would be producing thorns and thistles we should never boast in the you know supposed success of our ministry endeavors when we when we're witnessing and sharing the gospel we should never boast in supposed success in that because without the holy spirit going before you and working in that person's heart you would only be producing thorns and thistles and so it is all the glory goes to god now in Mark 4, 26 and 27, along the same line of, of plants and trees being sort of a, a spiritual symbol, Jesus says this, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. So the kingdom of God is like this seed that's scattered and it grows. But get this, it says the, the man, he, he knows not how. It is a mystery. So just like the the earth sprouting forth vegetation, God is using natural processes to make that happen, yet at the same time, it's by the power of his word that, that it is happening. It's not something man can just create and do on his own. It, it requires the power of God. 
And the same thing applies in salvation. The kingdom of God as is as this seed is, is spread out, and we don't even know how it grows, but God is the one doing the growth. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Mm-hmm.